0: Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode, I'm joined by the beautiful Kaylee Stead. When I first heard Kaylee's story, I was so inspired and could not stop thinking about it, to the point where I scoured the internet to track her down, and I'm so grateful that she agreed to come on to share her story with you. In an ultimate act of self love, her inspiring response to what was an incredibly difficult and life changing moment will, I think, absolutely leave you with no doubt that self-love is in our control and such a valid choice at any moment. I'm sure you are going to want to follow up and have a look at a video we talk about in this episode, so check out the show notes below, but for now, enjoy this inspiring story of what it means to be truly in love with yourself and life. Welcome to the podcast, Kaylee hi thank you for having me oh no thank you so much for making the time I can't wait for people to hear your story and really be inspired by this level of self-love that you know before I heard your story didn't even know existed um but before we kick that off can you share with us your favorite quote
1: it's probably one that people have heard of before but like it just resonated with me on so many different levels. Um, so each time, like a woman stands up for herself, she stands up for all women. And it's by Maya Angelou. And honestly, like I don't know, I don't know if I say her name right. So I no, don't. No, you apologize. do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but it's just like for me because I come from a family full of like these incredible women who've gone through some shitty times individually and haven't been able to stand up for themselves in the moment that they, sh- they they needed to but then later come back to it it's something that I've learned to kind of like never walk away from an argument regretting or regretting that you didn't say something if that makes sense or or from a situation that you didn't be fully truly yourself if that makes sense and stand up for yourself
0: so yeah Oh, for sure. It, like in the spiritual world, I am all <laughs> about breaking generational curses. So yeah, especially as women, you know, we're born – I saw this diagram once going that you were in your grandmother's womb because your mother was in her womb and your mother in that womb had all the eggs that she had, which is – Yes. You. Yeah, I saw that one. It's insane. Crazy, and right?
1: Like, and it's like they call it womb trauma as well, mm. the trauma that they experienced during – pregnancy and like it help obviously affects then the womb you then develop that trauma which can then pass through generations it's like womb trauma and like it's just the
0: body's insane oh it's mental right and it's just energetic so we carry it all yeah. and, and so for you to be able to recognize that particular trauma, habit, or whatever it is, and people call it generational curse, which I think is so dark. I just think they're just <laughs> patterns. But yeah. to go, actually, no, not me. And your story is a testament to that. Um, I think that is so wise and beautiful. And definitely without even knowing you already explains so much about you. So I just want to let people know firstly how we got in contact because yeah. um for one of the story it's not it really isn't <laughs> so um without sounding um how do i say without oh, i just got to say it you are not someone famous you haven't written a book Oh, no no you know you're you're just a gorgeous woman living her life in wales doing her thing I happen to be, as you guys all know, if you've listened to the episode in New York recently and whilst I was at the taping of the Drew Barrymore show, she shared your story and it, it she shared it as like a little snippet. Um, You know, they do these like news flashes and, and it stuck with me so strongly and for the life of me I've been looking for this episode of the Drew Barrymore show, can't find it but I was determined to find you. And so I didn't even remember your name from the story. So I finally found you and I reached out. Um, and so I would love for you to share that story of the day that really changed your life that now in turn mm-hmm. has totally impacted on mine and the way I think um, because it is just so freaking beautiful um and tragic yep. but more beautiful than it is tragic at the yeah. same time. So let us like who are you? Why are we even here?
1: Hi yeah. So um so yeah as you said I'm Kaylee Stead. So yeah, I'm honestly just a normal girl. And like I know a lot of people say that, like by honesty am I live with my parents. I'm 27 years old, still living with my parents, struggling and, and saving to get a house do you mean that I kind of or oh, I'm in a minute, because of everything has happened, a bit like, do I kind of go traveling? So that's something we'll probably tell. Got, like, my mind's a bit in the moment kind of going, what do I want? And I think I'm learning that through what I've just previously been through. So the day that kind of springboarded me into this conversation um, was a day that i have been planning for two years. Um, after my partner, ex-partner, proposed to me on his own free will and I had yes I didn't there was no pressure because he was young he's younger than me and oh, wow you guys I, were young yeah, and to get yeah engaged. so he was 24 so and I was like so he's 24 and I'm 27 so there's a like a good difference between us not a lot but yeah. mentally and like through where you are in your life at that age is different so like I knew when if I was 24 I wouldn't want to be married yet because I've got a lot of life to live and that was never an expectation of the relationship But when he did propose, that then became an expectation because I was a bit like, "Okay, you made the choice. I've said yes. So let's go through it. And we planned this beautiful day full of like special things for my family, for his family. We named our favourite tables after our favourite movies. It was very personable and it was just a wedding that was for my family, if that makes sense, for mine and his family. Like, we had red roses in the centerpiece to signify his, his late grandfather who passed away like a couple of months before. So it was very kind of like well thought out. So it'd been a lot in the making. And then on the morning of the wedding, um, unfortunately, he didn't come.
0: Did he break the news to you before? <laughs> like, Because this yeah. is the bit of the story I don't know. What? He just didn't no. turn up.
1: No, he didn't. So he never spoke to me on the day or actually didn't have spoken to me after. He's he's actually only spoken to me after about his police uniform. So he's a policeman, which I never okay. gave that information out, but he gave it himself through his own kind of like permission, his own consent. He gave that information out, which is why I'm freely happy to talk about it now, because uh, before I wasn't because I it wasn't my yeah. information to give. Yeah. Um. And that's the only communication that we've had
0: since the like the breakup. So-, so, so wait. So the night before the wedding, you know, you're probably having time with your family or an event or whatever. Oh, so-
1: Yeah, me and the girls in the Airbnb. So literally the day before the wedding, at four o'clock in the afternoon, because me and my friend, my maid of honour, we literally did all the decorations ourselves. So bless her, she was in her room like weeks prior, making the centrepieces, putting everything together, writing out labels, writing out the centre, like the placeholders and and bits and bobs and the name tags and things like that. So she did a lot of work behind the scenes, bless her. And so on that the day before I was going through it with Callum, because he'd been through it anyway, but I was going through with his best friend because they were staying down the venue the night before in a caravan with all his groomsmen, and his family were down there as well. So they um, were going to set up the morning of the wedding. So it was all to do, like, so I'd taken pictures. I'd shown them, saying, look, this is how it's meant to be arranged. So they felt comfortable because it's a lot of pressure putting yeah. somebody, like... <laughs> Depending given somebody saying, Oh, yeah, can you decorate my wedding? Do you just, mean it's a lot of pressure? Yeah. So I brought them in. And I said, look, guys, probably was a bit like stern, but I was a bit like this goes there, this goes here. If you need me, you ring me. Please don't hesitate. Like ring Geordie. She's on, she's happy talking they were like, Yes, yes, yes. And then me and Callum had a bit of time to ourselves and we just said, like, he said, like, I'm so excited to see you in your dress. I said, I'll be the one in white and uh literally we kissed and we had goodbye because we knew that we weren't going to talk the night before because he was very traditional in that way like so he wanted like and i did as well like no the, kind of because i'm like a movie fanatic like i love movies i just wanted that bit of a fairy tale moment where like i have an evening with my girls and we just chat like we had booked up this airbnb and i don't know if you've ever seen M um, mtv cribs
0: yeah yes
1: so the the Airbnb was literally like a villa. So the the Airbnb had this like glass wall from oh. one end to the other. It was so scenic. and It was just beautiful. So we were like filming videos, the girls in the hot tubs. We all bought a plate. It was bring your own plate kind of like um, buffet oh. Oh. style. I went around and told the girls like individually what they meant to me and why I chose them as my bridesmaids just because of like, I don't think I ever got to tell them. Personally, so I took that opportunity and probably a bit of like society helped me along with the journey as well, I'm not gonna lie. For
0: sure. I mean, I would have been right into the champagne. And you can tell from Kaylee's beautiful accent. I'm assuming you got married in your beautiful country of Wales.
1: Yes, we did. Yes, well, that was we meant to get so we meant to get married on Oh yeah,
0: sorry, you went you
1: meant to get married. (laughs) It's yeah, it was fine I still do the same um so we were gonna get married in Oxwich Bay which is a beautiful beach in the Gower in Swansea and it was just it. I'd been to a wedding previously there before like years and years and years ago actually with one of my ex-partners so something bit weird but I fell in love with the venue because like I like authentic rustic feeling and in this kind of like ceremony room it had like these like um like this tree stump in the middle like of chestnut wood all around area and then it kind of had beams and it was just like it's beautiful and then he went to this marquee that had like the view of the whole beach so it was just divine perfect yeah and he even went to the venue with me and he literally like he absolutely loved the venue so there was the first venue we ever saw and he was like yeah this is where we're going to get married and he was like this is the date and like Leading up to the wedding, like he would tell my sister, because my sister got with her partner at the time. She got then pregnant and had a baby. And she was, he was like, made a joke saying, well, if Dan proposes to you with a, uh, on the wedding day, I'm going to kick off because nobody's taking the attention off of me uh. and Hayley. It's just, this is the type of person that he was. Like, it was fun. So like, he was very engaged yeah. in the wedding. And, and he's and into it
0: and yeah, yeah, what he's doing. Yeah,
1: so then, exactly. And then the morning of, so we got up at, like, twenty past six in the morning because it was nine of us. So it was a lot of girl energy, a lot of like estrogen estrogen in the air, a yeah. lot of like yeah. do you I mean? It was a lot of like a lot of fun,
0: a lot of like. Yeah. You I want sp- it to be. yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. A lot of fun, but a lot of pressure as well at the same time because we've yeah. got to get makeup hair done. We're all love like, different styles. So then the girl started getting in and then all of a sudden I couldn't find my phone. And I was like, oh, God, where's my phone now? And my friend Hannah, she was like, oh, I'll help you find the phone. And as we're going around, the girls are kind of like hushed, if that makes sense. They're kind of like not looking at me, trying to like distract themselves as I'm looking for my phone. And I don't I didn't realize it at that point, the significance of it until. Obviously outside looking in. And then my best friend, Hannah, bless it, she, As she was looking for my phone, she actually took my phone and handed down her bra. So as we were looking for it, because she saw that I had like missed calls from his mum, from... potentially my mother-in-law at that point so um so obviously I was looking for it and then she magically found it on the bed and she's like oh there it is and I was like oh brilliant I've got a missed call from from his mum and literally she was like panicking looking around and she was like Geordie Geordie like shouting for my friend because in between that time my best friend Geordie was my maid of honour she got told by her husband who was my partner's groomsman so Her husband Chrissy was the groomsman, one of the groomsmen. So he was with
0: your ex. Okay.
1: Exactly. So he was there the night before. And then he told Geordie that they couldn't find Callum. So he was like, So Geordie was like, What do you mean? She was like, Stop lying. And then obviously, she was finding out this while I was trying to look for my phone. So yeah. she got Tana to take my phone because she saw I had calls off his mum, and she she wanted to obviously try and tell me before anybody else did because of just trying to control the environment as much as possible. So like, so I wasn't as much like she was trying to look out for me basically, and then I called his mum. And at the same time, like she answered, and Jordy like started shouting out. Both of them literally said at the same time, "Callum's gone." And I was like, <laughs> I was like looking at both of them, like looking at my phone, yeah. looking at Jordy, going, "Like, what do you mean, Callum's gone?" And like they can't find him. He went in the middle of the night, and nobody can get in touch with him. And I was like, "What do you mean, getting like?" has anybody tried ringing them and they were like yeah and i said it like my sister was like has anybody tried looking and going after him and they were like yeah but we don't know where he's gone so we could he could be anywhere at this point point. and i was like is he okay and his family had confirmed that he'd been okay cuz they had in touch with him briefly which i'll come back to because it's things you learn afterwards and i was just like okay he's, he's probably just gone for a walk because throughout the relationship we understood if I needed my time, I would watch a movie, read a book, or he would go for a walk. That was when I understood to be his time to de- decompress and vice versa. So I was like, he's just going for a walk, girls, just to get rid of his stress. He's probably stressed out, which is understandable because I was stressed out. Yeah. And the girl was like, okay. It's coming. So everybody calm back down. Started getting me ready again. But I was like to the girls, look, my mum and dad are coming on the way over. And then the videographer hairdresser were coming through. And I was like, can we not tell them that Callum's gone at the moment? Because I don't want them to know if, because if he comes back, they're yeah. going to think ill of him. So I just didn't want that conflict. And I don't want my mum or my dad to stress out.
0: At and that then, point, did you have a, like, what was your gut telling you about what was happening?
1: I, I I sound silly now, but I honestly believed he was going to be there, like yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Somebody could have bet me a thousand pound, and I would have put a thousand pound down,
0: hundred like, percent. I think that's not silly. It's just testament to the fact that you both made this commitment. Why wouldn't he show up? And that's what marriage yeah. is about, right? It's that trust. It's that loyalty. Yeah. And, like, I believed he was going to be there. My sister was like, yeah, of
1: course he's going to be there. So she was there kind of going, yeah, Kaylee's going to be there. She then started getting my makeup done. And in between, I'd rung his dad to say, look, please check up to make sure he's okay. Because that was my first worry. to make sure, like, somebody checked if he's okay. Not, yeah. is, is he coming, like, is he okay? And then his dad was like, yeah, I'll get it sorted. I'll try and get through to him. And then after, like, I got my makeup done, I was, like, about to get my hair done. I got a call from his dad, and then at that point, his dad told me, like, I hear, like, when you hear, like, hello, yeah, and
0: you, and you hear, like, yeah.
1: you just know. And, like, literally, like, my stomach, like, went. And I just, he was just like, I'm so sorry he's not coming, because at that point, he was, like, four hours away. Um, He'd gone driven to his nan's house, which was mm-hmm. four hours away from the venue. We would like do to get married in an hour and a half. So wow. I knew even if he changed his mind, yeah, I wasn't going to yeah. get married that day because it was physically impossible. And like I was remember because there was like a utility room in the Airbnb, and I love the utility room. Like I dream of having a utility room when I'm older, or like when I get my house. <laughs> so like I was in the utility room and I was just like, <sighs> like I. I, I was like what's going on like I was like this isn't real and like my best friend Jodie she's not a crier she doesn't cry at all and when I saw her cry and like her have that sob I was just like shit
0: this like, is real
1: mm. yeah like I had to admit it and like then like so are you like in girls. your dress
0: at this point or are you know no,
1: so I had my makeup on but at this point like my like, my Charlotte Tilbury ma- foundation was, like, gone from down here. And, like, I spent, like, money on this foundation. This expensive foundation. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my sister was, like, bless it. Because she's did my makeup. She's a makeup artist. She was, like, attached. Like, no, please don't. Stop. Stop. Stop crying. She's, like, come on. Your makeup is so good. And then I just flooded. And she was just, like, Joe. I'll just go and wipe it off. And we can do it again if we need to do it again. And I literally had mascara down my chest. So, luckily, I didn't have my dress on. Because I was just, like you know when you like rub your yeah, eyes after you yeah. promise, like it was just everywhere and um, I said to the girls, can you give me 10 minutes can you tell people and they were like yeah absolutely so they went out, they told my mum, my dad I could hear my mum, I could hear my dad my dad like is the one to talk to himself and like he was just muttering kind of going like this is not, ha-, he was like, this is not happening and then when I walked out and into the kitchen area was, and I saw like the videographer photographer like you know when the people give you that like sympathetic smile yeah and it's just like mm-hmm. horrible like it's re- like because it, I would I do the same to other people like I give that smile as well mm-hmm. when you're re- on the uh, receiving end of that smile you're just like and, like I'd never want to see like for me my my thing that I'm trying to overcome is like being weak in other people's eyes if that makes sense and, and vulnerable like I felt very very vulnerable having that being on the receiving end of that smile and I was just like I was like okay like I was like I just kicked because I was like I just couldn't be in that moment at that point and I was like okay Kate okay. I said we gotta go down anyway we have to go to the Airbnb because we have got to check in out time I've got my dress or my pajamas so I'm not going down in my pajamas, I'm not facing people in my pajamas, so the only alternative was wearing
0: my dress. And this is, um, this is the moment that, yeah, the reason we're speaking.
1: Yes, exactly, so as my sister was reapplying my makeup, she basically told me about a joke that the groom, the videographer photographer said about like, because they know how much I spend on them, let alone how much, because I was the one that paid for the wedding so throughout the relationship Callum didn't have a job and not by his own fault he was constantly looking for jobs but the relationship was financially dependent on me and the wedding was financially dependent on me which I didn't mind because I don't see it as kind of my money if that makes sense and so they were just like well she spent all this money why didn't she just enjoy the day like with it because I had people coming from Ireland from Scotland like people hadn't traveled like half an hour people traveled like nine hours to come to this day and I was like I I said to my sister like I don't want to be on my own and like I want to still enjoy my food like I was sounds silly but i was really looking forward to having my natural bar like this is something i was pumping up in work i was like oh my god i got a natural bar guys i got a donut wall and she was like well just enjoy it Then did do it and i was like can i and she was like absolutely and i was like i'm gonna do it and she's like good and she was like girls she's going ahead to the party and they were like what and i was like girls just go along with it and they were like yeah okay let's go along with it and I was like girls I still need to have photos so they were going around the Airbnb when my sister was getting me ready like having photos getting the hair done and and then I literally got my dress on and I'm so glad I wore my dress because it was just I had
0: it for two years under my bed so this I dress I have been to my say favorite. it is a beautiful dress. I almost feel Thank like you. When she gets married, like, for real, how is she going to top that dress? That's my biggest concern I know. for you. <laughs> it's I know. I know.
1: I've I actually donated the dress. Oh, so wow. I've, yeah, I've given it because of – I did want to sell it because it had a bit of a rip in it that could easily be repaired. I just didn't, I didn't feel right selling it. And, like, so I found this mother of three, so I've given it to her because she's at the minute – she's a student nurse and she wants to kind of finally – become like have the same last name as her children so and they were struggling so I've given the dress to her and I hope it just gets
0: this like happy ever after in the cheesiest way possible beautiful so at that moment you're like okay we've got a beautiful reception planned Mm -hmm. we are just gonna party but the concept behind this party was really about you me yeah saying my family yeah I'm, I'm like things happen but this is going to be a celebration of me and love yeah I think I just
1: need like for me first of all it wasn't because of that like for me I didn't I did it because of I wanted to do it and I've got like 17 nephews and nieces and they range from like one year old to like well, six four months old to like bloody 24 do you know I mean so they're they've got a majority of age and I just wanted to show like my nephews this is not how you should treat another person Mm -hmm. and I wanted to show my nieces that fuck them sorry to swear but like but don't be defined
0: by somebody else's actions in the nicest way possible. (laughs) So powerful like and I think going back to what you were saying about the sympathetic smile in that People are feeling for you really from them. So they're looking at you going, oh, I get why they're doing that. if that was me? And here you are in that moment going, actually, no, I choose to Mm -hmm. make everyone enjoy this moment. I choose to make this a day that won't be remembered for the moment he left in a Mm -hmm. pretty unflattering way on him yeah. I try to make this a moment where we can celebrate ourselves regardless of the challenges or the the problems in front of us
1: yeah like for me the biggest thing like breaking up everybody breaks up every day and it's, it's, it's horrible people break up it's not an unusual thing the thing that I kind of like got taken back more and wasn't expected and like hit me probably the most was the fact that the the lack of respect of telling me face to face that's all I would have wanted yes it would have been hard for him it would have been hard for me but he left like his best friend so he had best friends come from his hometown who traveled on a train and he left them there to pick up the pieces and that wasn't what who I thought I was marrying and that was the hard thing to kind of come to terms with, like there's two versions, if that makes sense, the version that wouldn't do that and
0: the truth, if that makes I, sense. Yeah, I think that that's in all of us, right, the dark and the light, the potential mm. and, you know, that maybe the lower vibe that's easier in inverted commas to choose. And, I, you know, I've seen your wedding video and and talk us through the night like you you danced your way into that marquee you gave us absolutely believe you gave a speech um I'm just not that strong so talk us through the night
1: so yeah literally got there the venue were incredible so when we got in there um I never went into the ceremony room so my best my maids of honors my sister and my best friend Geordie went in and told the guys and they just said look if you want to stay please stay and enjoy the day with Kayleigh. If you want to go home, we completely understand. It was no expectation. So then I kind of walked around the bush showed everybody. I was like, hey. And it kind of like everybody gave their hugs. We had a bit of a moment. And I was like, look, let's get up to the marquee. And they said, Do you want to still do an entrance? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> At this point, then about five tequila's down, I was like, Yes, I'm doing an entrance. And they were like, what song? And I I chose Lizzo's Gotta Tell. Like it was the oh, first song that came wow. into my head. And like you Nobody know, listen to a song and you sing the lyrics. It do, they don't really sink in. Yeah. But literally, yeah. when I was on that, like on my way into the the entrance, because I got the groomsmen and the bridesmaids, because all, all the groomsmen stayed, and the bridesmaids are obviously with me, so his best
0: friends, all of them stayed, and isn't they that, stayed. like that telling like that... that? told me. And yeah. and, it, and I, I all I'm seeing is this image of like the wolf, and it's like. When you go off on your own, you, you when you choose to isolate yourself, the pack isn't necessarily going to follow. And yeah. I'm sure his inner turmoil would have been extremely difficult and heightened at that moment. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you said before, I just wish he would have told me, and and I think, yeah. you know, that Brene Brown quote, quote clear is kind. And the fact that they stayed and is is just is just so telling. And as much as you're saying, like things I'm working through, you know, I'm sure he's working through a lot as well. Oh yeah,
1: like I don't doubt that he's going through some like a shit time at the minute himself. And like, if he had given the chance for us to speak about it when he made the decision, it probably could have helped us both and given a bit of closure because, like. I'm not an unreasonable person like I would have understood if he told me I'm not ready for marriage really? I would have gone I would have gone understandable because I wouldn't have been married uh, like ready for marriage at that age either like so obviously it would have been shit and I probably would have screamed and cried like yeah, as course, a normal yeah. human being but like I would have understood in the end do you know what I mean and but it the thing that hurt me was the fact that he didn't give me that opportunity to understand where he's coming from. Like and that's something and, and that not I to always stay by all yeah. like, by all accounts. Exactly. Exactly. And um I think they stayed as well because of the fact that he didn't talk to me. And I think they were just like shocked. Like they were going through like their own because potentially some of them lost a good friend that day because yeah. some of them were hurt because one of their friends left them in the lurch, basically, to deal with My four brothers, who were very angry. Do you mean my best friends who were very angry? But they, nothing was taken out of them. And to be fair, like they were all like, we opened our arms to them and they always said that we like accepted them, nothing got against it. But at the same time, they were probably going through their mind before the actual Mm. party going are they going to have a go at me and like rightly so could they can have a go at me because I'm a reflection now of Callum because I'm as, like so they were going through their own kind of like let's get ready to toughen up boys kind
0: of moment oh, and God. this is a classic example of cream rises to the top and the high road is always mm. the brighter road so you go in you're dancing away in your entrance you look mm-hmm. so amazing yeah we walk away to the top table. We have the three-course
1: meal, and it was absolutely delicious. And then we give speeches. So I was never going to make a speech, but, like, the fact that, like, only two tables went there, which was Callum's family. So Callum's family didn't come to the – which I understand. Yeah. So there's only two tables that were partially empty. And to see then nine other tables full of people there to support me, like – I just wanted to thank them and I probably said self-love 30 times in one <laughs> sentence, but I wanted to make sure I got to the point and I just wanted to thank them so much. And like, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably about 15 tequilas deep at that point. So like it's no fine. For then, <laughs> then my sister and my best friends, my, uh, my bridesmaids, they all sat at the table with me. So rather than me sitting on my own and top table, all the, my bridesmaids sat on the top table with me, which a girl never gets with their friends. So like you'll never, do you know I mean? So that was a good opportunity. And then we did sparklers. We did a sparkler walk. We did the cutting of the cake. My bridesmaids cut the cake with me and I punched the top tier of the cake off as well. <laughs> because the, 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 there was four flavours. So there was vanilla, chocolate fudge, cookies and cream and strawberry cake. I don't like strawberry cake. I only chose strawberry cake for his family. So when I saw really so nice. the, yeah, I just, I, they were like, do you want us to give it? I was like, no. And I just punched it and it went everywhere. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but that was very therapeutic.
0: Oh, that's and so funny.
1: And then I, I, like, I've always dreamed of dancing with my dad. So my dad's like 71. So I've always had an older dad. So I've never kind of like I've always wanted to kind of get married and have my dad walking me down the aisle and have a little dance with my dad. It's quite American. It's not something you traditionally do in Wales, but my dad's not a dancer. We'll sit in the side and he was like, "Nope, I'm not dancing with you. And he came up to me and said, I'll dance with you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's like, if you got a song though, because he's like, if you get got a song, I'll dance with you like kind of thing. And I was like, I got a song already. And he was like, damn it. And or um, the groomsmen and my brothers and my dad danced with me from uh, by Dolly Parton's song from here to the moon and back mm. and it's one of my mum's favorite songs so because my mum is in a wheelchair she can't really dance as much so that was, song was a way to kind of like incorporate her in the dance as much as possible
0: and yeah that it's, was my wedding day. It, oh my goodness oh my so before this day obviously as you've said just going about your life but to have that moment of strength and clarity and even just measured response to what is, you know, potentially, well, it was a life-changing moment. How, like looking back, how do you think you had cultivated that level of self-love and self-respect, but also love and respect for all of those people that were there, like you said, that had travelled and you were not going to make the day awkward for them? How
1: mm.
0: how do you come to that place where you can hold yourself in such a way?
1: It was literally just because of like in my mind there was no other choice because I was either gonna go home and cry, which would have been fine. Yeah. But I would have been on my own because and like it's a small room, do you mean? Like I couldn't have and I just wanted to be surrounded with people who I trusted. I needed to be around people who I could fully trust and these people I've like known for like decades and my parents and things like that. So I could fully trust them. And that's what I needed at that moment, and I kind of went with like my gut, if that makes sense. Like it was, like I hate saying traumatic, but it was traumatic. It was oh, traumatic for everybody. Like, like it, like it, it was horrendous. Like with the points where basically, like I was having panic attacks when the girls would taking me to the toilet to calm me down, get back out there, and I, would I, I beaten cake. Then do you mean like it would just be moments of up and down, but. Like, it was just something I had to kind of follow my gut. And I I just, something just clicked in me saying I didn't want to go home. And for me, like, I've always kind of said to my, my sisters, my friends, like, don't be defined by a bad moment. Be defined by how you can overcome it, as cheesy or whatever that sounds. But, like, I just said to myself, it's time to take my own advice. Like, I'm very much the person who gives advice. I'll always give, give, give advice. But when I'm trying to be the receiver of my own advice, it's incredibly hard. And in that moment, I kind of just had to slap myself, not mentally, not physically, and just say, you've got to do it. And it was very like out of my comfort zone, being vulnerable, full of like, because for me, I find it easy to be vulnerable in front of people I don't know than Mm. in front of people I do know just because of like I feel like I'm getting a biased or like non-truthful kind of response back and to be like so vulnerable in front of them like having like panic attacks in front of them and like getting my dress undone and being changed in my pajamas in front of like groomsmen and these people because like I got physically naked in, in the garden while she was getting me undressed because I was having a panic attack. It's funny now, but like I was getting, she was literally undoing my course and she was like, girls, come on. And mm-hmm. the girls were running to get my pajamas and I just had to do it. And like, for but I'm proud of what I did, if that makes sense.
0: You sh- now absolutely should be.
1: Like. And I'm glad I did it. And like, it's something I'm always probably going to struggle with. Like it doesn't, it hasn't fixed me as in like being vulnerable in front of my, my most like, kind of like friends and family, but it's shown me like the the positives that come
0: from it. So it's something I'm kind of trying to do on a daily basis. <laughs> I think what you said there is, is really important and giving, you know, doing what I do. I mean, you know, I speak on this podcast, I work with clients all the time and, and it's, you can reflect things back to people, like you say, and you can advise. But when you've got to walk your own talk, it, it is difficult. And I don't want to underestimate or, you know, gloss over that. And it's, oh, it's definitely hard. something that I I find too. And so just know that when you're going through these difficult moments, everyone finds it hard to go through the difficult moments. Like no one's got it all together but what a beautiful example that and an empowering example that you've given us on how to do that so you mentioned you said self-love in your speech but I would love to know you know given that we're talking about self-love this month on the podcast what does self-love actually mean to you now so
1: self-love means to me now is knowing that strength like inner strength isn't always have to be happy, always have to be strong. Like, strong isn't defined by strength. It's defined by, like, being able to be vulnerable, being able to cry, laugh, smile, whatever, like, to actually, like, be in a moment of, like, your feelings and allow yourself to feel it. And I think that is self-love to me, is allowing myself to feel how I want to feel and how and not sugarcoat it or not try to put a bit of happiness on top don't try and do a shit sandwich like if something's shit just accept the shit don't try and gloss it over and and it's something that I'm always going to have to learn like I don't think you ever have the true recipe of being able to constantly do it I don't think as you said nobody has the 100% the right answers but like I'm learning that like little steps help achieve the bigger steps if that makes sense
0: for sure, and I and I love what you said before that you don't want to be someone defined by any moment. Really, you want to be defined no. by your response to it. Yeah, and I'm just in awe of your response <laughs> to the the situation. Let's just call it a situation. Yeah. The situation that you found yourself in. So, before we let you go, I would love, and I'm sure everyone listening to this would love, a life update on where you're at now. Um, Because this happened like a year ago. No, this September. Oh, my God. September 2022. Yeah. It feels like ages ago, probably because it feels like ages ago. I heard your story because I've been thinking about you so much. Okay. So we're recording this in, you know, the beginning of 2023. So where are you at now? How is life now? What is your life about now? Besides being on people's podcasts randomly now because you had this (laughs) wedding day. So as
1: probably weird as it sounds, I'm learning to say yes to me and no to others more, if that makes any sense to anybody. Like, I just need to start like learning that being selfish sometimes can be kind because I've started to realise when people try trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do and then call you selfish for doing, not doing what they've asked you to do, you've got to start thinking, okay, but they're being selfish at the same time as well. So i'm starting to learn that like to be kind to myself a bit more if that makes sense and like say yes to opportunities and and just go for it i think i've got nothing to lose now and i'm just finding me again like in mm. this kind of like new
0: Single world, do you know what I mean? And because exactly, that's what you're confronting too—that that shift in identity. Because you know, you yeah, you know, you would have been a missus. Oh, yeah,
1: and- I was exactly. I was literally. We were talking about having kids, so we already picked out kids' names. Yeah. So I was I was ready to be a missus Norton. Like, yeah. I had everything yeah. planned. I had my paperwork ready to sign off the day after the wedding. Do you know I mean I had all of that signed? And I was re- like, I was so excited to have that. If that makes sense. So, like. I had to grieve. Kaylee Norton, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, I think that that is the biggest thing about breakups that people forget or misunderstand when you're yeah. in that. Yes, it's sad that the relationship has ended and you miss that, but there is so much grief in all the potential mm. of what you were looking forward to. Because why else would you be in the relationship unless you were looking forward to so many, you know, potential things that you desired mm-hmm. and and that grief for what yeah being is is probably even more painful for the grief of what was
1: yeah absolutely I think I've learned from this experience that grief isn't just death it's like loss of a job loss of a relationship like it's just loss of anything loss of money loss of things like and I think coming to terms with that has been probably my biggest help because it's not something I wanted to say when people are saying it's like you it's like he's dead because I haven't talked to him, haven't seen him since it, it was it's like he's completely died, and I was like no he hasn't died, and I they were like and I was like it's not grief and they were like. And then I spoke to a therapist because I actually went to a therapist afterwards because it comes back to, like, I find it easy to talk to somebody I don't know than somebody I do. So I spoke with them and they they said it, it, it is grief, like this is a form of grief and you need to have a bit of compassion for yourself. And that's something that I'm learning and I'm actually starting to enjoy at the moment.
0: Oh, it's it's so beautiful. <laughs> Self-love does really equal self-compassion because we're so compassionate. Yeah others, like I'm sitting here and I'm hearing your story and I'm like, oh, my heart is just like beaming and breaking all at the same time. Yet, you know, would I have that same compassion for self? So what a beautiful lesson to learn. And you're still so young and there's so much life ahead of you. And I think that, you know, I hope hearing your story has inspired others um, to, you know, really up their level of self-love and to claim it because I will post it on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere, but I'm going to find your wedding video and post it so people can see it because you were just so beautiful and you were shining so brightly. And I felt at the time when I saw it, gosh, like the gift that she gave to everyone in that room that were able to process that moment with her and support Mm -hmm. her in that way, because those sympathetic stares, you gave them a party where they could just celebrate you and support you you know, in in one of your probably, hopefully, in your life most tragic moments.
1: Well, I've, I've given them something to tell the grandkids when they're older. Yay! Do you know what I mean yeah. like when they go to another wedding and they'll go, Well, I've been to a wedding that this happened? Do you know what I mean so? I've given them something that they've never gonna thought or would have experienced in their life. And like, I think I'm just grateful for them being there. And I'm grateful like for people like you and just reaching out to different people because. Like, as I said to you earlier, I'm a sponge and I love kind of just learning from other people's experience and listening and and taking it in because I think sometimes to learn about yourself, you've got to learn about others in a strange way. And that's what I'm trying Uh, to do. (laughs) uh,
0: That is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation because I can't, you know, hearing your story, the only thing I thought of was. I would not have done that in that situation. Like I do not have the guts <laughs> to do that in that situation. And that is why I wanted to speak to you to understand like how do you in that moment love yourself so fiercely and it's so beautiful to hear you like I didn't I didn't know what I was doing but in retrospect how beautifully guided you were by your own, mm-hmm. your own gut um, to give everyone such a beautiful moment. And I'm sure I'm joined by everyone who is listening to this right now in wishing you just so much love and joy Thank as you. you know you continue to walk your path and um you know i hope to stay in contact with you just to, to see where that lands absolutely <laughs> i am definitely coming to australia because it's on my bucket list and i'm just learning to kind of jump into the deep end well because it's working well, for me we cannot <laughs> wait okay, i'll i know i will literally push you off the rocks at bondi and have you jump of <laughs> that ocean
1: I'll do it. I can't swim, but I'll do it. Oh, go, okay. well, I'm not doing that then.
0: We'll go somewhere <laughs> nicer. I'll push off the deep end at uh, Iceberg's Dining and we'll have I'll our champagne. i my have my um, armbands on. It's <laughs> fine. I got it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us today. And like I said, we just thank want you. all the love and happiness in the world going forward. Honestly, same to you and keep doing what you're doing because I can like
1: i am starting to learn like energies and things like that. You've just got a beautiful soul like, and I can just feel it from you. And your hair is gorgeous as well.
0: Uh, just for the record, it's six in the morning here. And so I haven't brushed it. <laughs> My hair doesn't look like that at six o'clock in the
1: morning, I promise you. So that's even made me even more jealous. Do you know I mean, this is barely brushed. Do you mean? <laughs>
0: All right, well, go to the show notes and check out where you can, um, you know, see Kaylee and be inspired by her. But until next time, just keep, you know, spreading your light, your love and wishing you all the best. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.